You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. going on guys welcome to another episode of peer pleasure with dewey halpas on equal vision records and sound talent media i am dewey your host with the most bringing you more great content week after week this week we have the one and only greg edwards from failure i have been trying to have greg on the show for a long time and there has been i think we mentioned at the beginning three or four different cancellations on both sides um it was just one of those things i thought it was doomed and never going to happen uh, but it did, and it was great, and I was really glad we got this one done. Uh, I've been wanting to get it completed, like I say, for years now. Um, I've been on several construction projects since the one I was on when we were canceling back and forth, left and right. Um, and it's one of those things, man. I'm glad it happened now. I'm glad it happened when it did because uh, it really was an interesting chat. Um, I know uh, Greg was a little bit uh, not nervous maybe, uh, I know the word I'm looking for, for this. Uh, but just being in these long form conversations about saying things and forgetting you're being recorded and, and, you know, getting into trouble, sarcasm, not being taken the right way, uh, things like that. But like I assured him and I do with all my guests, it's my job to make, uh, the conversation flow as best as possible and to not put them in that situation. Um, it's something I feel puts this show apart from a lot of them. Uh, is we're not like a headline grabby show. I just want the real stuff. I'm not digging for the story. I'm not digging for the headline. Um, I'd actually rather not talk about it and let someone else that's getting paid, uh, you know, to do this, to to do it. You know, if you're getting paid, if your job 
is to work for a, a company that is, you know, has a magazine or something and wants a specific story, you take it, you do it. You know, that's what you're getting paid to do. And the people doing the interview know that going into it usually. But this one, on this show, I want people to come back. I want people to have a good time. I want a free space for people to talk what they want to talk, speak about what they want to speak about. Um, and, you know, it's something that's really important to me and having that responsibility to have a platform like this that I don't take lightly and I don't put things out there that I don't support, um, you know, because I don't want someone to listen to this show and, and feel bad. You know, I want this to be entertainment, but I also want it to be, uh, you know, therapeutic or uh, cathartic or, you know, someone out there like me, you know, that kind of situation. There's another person that feels the way I do. Um, so I'm going to get off my soapbox early here because, uh, I don't want to drag this interview, this, sorry, I don't want to drag this, uh, intro out too far. So let's get some business out of the way and we will jump in. All right. Rockabilia.com. Rockabilia.com. Pier 15 is the code. Get you 15% off your order. And there is, I guarantee you there's failure merchandise on there. Um, every band we've had on the show, there's gotta be something from them on there. I haven't looked at all of them. But I would wager that they are on there. Over 500,000 licensed items from the bands available for purchase. 15% off. Pier 15 is the code. Go over to rockabilia.com and look for some merch. I guarantee you'll find something you like. Rockabilia.com. Pier 15 is the code. Head over there now. Thank you, Rockabilia, for sponsoring the show. As always, they have always sponsored the show almost the entirety of the show's existence. So we're glad to have them on board. PeerPleasurePodcast.com is the website. PeerPleasurePod at gmail.com is the email if you want to get in touch with me with guest ideas or questions or comments or anything like that. Uh, and you can also join the premium service. PeerPleasure.SupportingCast.FM is the premium service. And you can sign up for that monthly. You get the ad-free feed. You get the past cast and the videos of the episodes. So check that out now. Also, you can head over and join the Facebook group, the Peer Pleasure Podcast Inner Circle as well. And if you are on Spotify, please rate the show. If you're on Apple, please rate and review the show. All right, guys, I'm going to get out of here and, and stop rambling. Here's my conversation with Greg Edwards from Failure.
There, there we go. And how does how does that sound? You hear my voice okay? Oh yeah, sounds way better actually. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, it was all right. Yeah, my uh, my car wasn't letting me disconnect. Oh god, gotcha. it just wouldn't. It wouldn't let me go to the Bluetooth headphones, so I just had to forget the device, forget the vehicle. Awesome. <laughs> Hopefully that doesn't foul you up later. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, we we can start now. Awesome. Well, thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate it, and uh, I've. It's funny. I've I've talked. I've had Karina on twice, and uh, uh, who's absolutely wonderful, and we always have a blast. And uh, I've been stoked to do this. Um, and I always say Monica is the best in the business because she is, and uh, yeah, get everything dealt with and and uh, and handled. And uh, I just appreciate appreciate the time, man. Yeah, I, th- I think we were trying. We've been trying to uh, do this for a while. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I-, I think there were like two or two or three cancellations on both ends. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was cra- it was crazy. I remember exactly because it was it was uh, I had a sick kid. Uh, then we rescheduled, and then you had a sick kid, and then like the day I was supposed to go to the the third reschedule, I got rear-ended on the way to the studio. And right. I was just like, Jesus Christ, is this cursed or what? <laughs> like, and uh, uh, yeah, I've never had to reschedule that many times. And I felt terrible because I was like, oh my God, like I'm on my way to the studio and right at the red light, just bam. And I was like, great. Oh, I can't, it was one of those where you couldn't just like drive away like, oh, hey, yeah, here's my information. It was like, please show up nightmare so uh, right but of course no one was hurt but it was just it did a lot of damage so um anyways we're here now but um yeah that was that was one of the strangest back and forths for a while there <laughs> and then and then i end up having creed on twice in the meantime between rescheduling this this time and uh yeah anyway the yeah well she i know she enjoyed it both times she she spoke highly of the experience that's excellent i i i enjoyed it as well and and um you know we go to all sorts of places on this show and it's never it's never really known where it ends up but like the the for some reason uh i don't know i don't know what it is so some people click more than others but i just it just there's just so much to talk about and i think it's things that she normally doesn't talk about which is which is always interesting because you know, uh, everyone asks the same kind of questions and things like that. So, um, yeah. Or after yeah, the that's, same I thing. mean, I guess that's what, that's, what's kind of, um, terrifying about it to me because I'm just a little reticent about this whole, the whole, um, podcast long form free range interview experiences really is, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of, kind of more of an insulated private person mm-hmm. in, in general. I mean, it, it, with the exception of a, just a few people in my life that are close to me. So th- this is, uh, this feels like, um, you know, way outside of my comfort zone. Oh man. Well, and also there's, there's part of me that, j- you know, just thinks like who, who really, who wants to hear this, who wants to hear me talk about nothing i mean hopefully we'll talk about something but it could be just a whole lot of nothing right (laughs) it sometimes sometimes it is but very rarely like it's and that's funny korea said the same thing like who wants to hear me 
talk about being um, like we went down some roads that uh, uh more f- philosophical ideas and things like that where she's like i can't imagine who would listen to this and then emails just yeah, flood in of people uh, like be- holy shit to be honest, I didn't listen to the entire thing. I just sort of sampled one little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, I don't know if the whole thing was like this. But you, you guys were just talking about like uh, death, kind of at the oh yeah yeah yeah. I had just lost the, my father. At most yeah, at the most frank level, and that was <laughs> that was um, not generally what you expect to hear. Yeah, it wasn't Rock where I expected to go. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had just lost my father uh, really soon before then, and I don't. And she, I think it was mainly because she started asking me questions because I normally yeah. don't. But I absolutely am a hundred percent into giving everything in the show. Uh, otherwise, I wouldn't do it. But I usually don't put it out there as the point of of, of uh, conversation unless it comes up. And she was asking, I believe she was asking me questions about that, and that's where went into this yeah. intense conversation about grief um and uh yeah so and i you know just from my my uh knowings of you as far as I mean, of course musically but you know the few things i've seen that you've been in where you are speaking i i gathered that that you're kind of insulated and and um you know you you think about what you're going to say and and it's there's not a lot out there um so I had a feeling that was that was kind of you know I never like to assume things but I had a feeling that was kind of uh, the vibe you had and um, yeah and I've done I've I've done very few podcasts really just starting with uh, the wild type droid I've done I've, I've done two or three but I had always resisted in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, do you listen? But, uh, here, but here we go. Do I listen to podcasts? Yeah. I I listen I listen to some. Um, I, I listen to a few podcasts here and there. Okay. Um, but uh, um, but not not really, you know, music or art oriented podcasts. I need to I need to do more research and find some that I really like. There's a um, lot usually out there. just like kind of cur- in in place of reading the newspaper. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a few podcasts that are good daily you know, updates on news of the day and stuff like that. Okay. I can see that. That's a, I, I, it's one of those weird things where it's like a, uh, forget who said it. They called it appointment listening. So where you can kind of choose what you want, like kind of everything's become like Netflix and, and all that. I mean, everything you, you want to watch something, you just go put it on. You don't have to wait for 10 o'clock on a Thursday, uh, for it to come on and there's no commercials usually um and i think it fits perfectly into that um but as far as the long form conversation uh can definitely be be nerve-wracking i think for some people and and like yourself like you know where you don't do a lot of them um but that's the thing too is it's not um and not to make the whole thing about podcasting but the 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 way the way that this show has gone, it's not like a gotcha journalism kind of show where, you know, oh shit, I got so and so to say this, and it's going to all the metal sites, um, you yeah. know, that kind of thing. I, I can't stand that, and I shy away from it with every fiber of my being. Uh, 
because I think it's disrespectful and <clears throat> I don't think uh, it's genuine. And I also don't think uh, anyone's going to ever come back <laughs> and do it again if that's the case. Um, and I hear them all the time and I see them all the time on the blogs. It's just like, oh, God, you know, so and so said this. And it's like, OK, you're spinning it, spinning it this way to get, uh, you know, more attention for your show or more. You know, it's it's just a different yeah. thing. Yeah. And there's just, you know, you know, um, it's just the culture right now. It's hard to, uh, it's hard to feel free, uh, to speak. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and, and just, uh, and now it's, and then there's two sides of that. I mean, one, one side is maybe there's a lot of people who are just looking for their ideology to be, um, offended and and they and outraged i mean that's a big part of it but the other part of it is coming from from uh, me like i i don't want to offend anybody or make anybody feel bad especially um you know my my mode one of my main modes of discourse is sarcasm for sure that's just what i how i naturally uh feel most comfortable expressing a lot of things and mm -hmm. Um, some, I don't know, one thing that I've, that I learn more and more, um, every year I'm alive is that it's just, it, I take it for granted that the sarcasm translates, but, um, I'm realizing that a, a lot of the time, maybe 20 or 30% of the time, it's just not translating to the person I'm talking to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that can create some strange moments. Um, so it's just, yeah, I know it's something that I, I'm, I've just been thinking about when you're on, when you're, I don't know how many people listen to this podcast, but, um, you know, it's, I don't know, it's a different feel. It's, it's so different than say 15 or 20 years ago. I would never have these, um, kinds of concerns mm -hmm. in, in an interview sort of setting. Um, but uh, it just seems like um, everybody is is so wound up with uh, sensitivity. Absolutely. Or, or, and even just sensitivity to sensitivity. I mean, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this. I think a lot of the sensitivity is, is an incredibly positive evolutionary thing um, that's going on. And there's a lot of, uh, there, there's a lot of accounting for, um, enforced accounting for some of the, you know, evils that have, have gone on in, uh, in society and in, in history and, and kind of e equalizing things out, maybe overcorrecting. That's all. I think that's all good, but, um, even within all of that, it's hard to feel uh, free. Because when I get when I get sort of loose verbally, then um, you know I I'm liable to say a lot of things that'll get me in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so that's your job, I guess. Well, that's the thing. This show is a, it's a free space. Like it's, uh, uh, I think that's, that's the, the 
not to bring it back to Karina again, but what she said the last time was just like, thanks for, for giving me a place to speak freely, uh, without that kind of, um, but without any of that context behind any of it to where, and, 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 um, you know, this, the state we're in now where, where everything is so, um, scrutinized and everything like that, I can absolutely see that, um, being nerve wracking. I'm, I, I'm the same. I mean, I'm more outspoken, but I, I, I take this, uh, there's a, a lot of people that listen to this show and I, I don't take that lightly either because it's a platform and I, I, I think about what goes out. I think about, you know, if people want to come on and advertise for, you know, uh, cigarette companies or, you know, things like that, that I don't personally endorse, I'll absolutely turn that stuff down, but because I know I respect the platform to where I know it's going to a lot of people on it, but I also understand, uh, a lot of the listenership to this show and they appreciate that it does go where it goes, that it's, it, they kind of go on a, a journey together, uh, with myself and, and yourself and, and whoever's on the show. Um, and there's been very few occasions where, where a lot, very few occasions where people have asked to have stuff taken out, um, on their own. And I have never, uh, or hardly ever received any kind of feedback from anything uh, that we've talked about being, you know, offending people or, uh, you know, there's been a few people that have unsubscribed because we mentioned vaccines, like mentioned it, didn't even talk about it, just mentioned it. Uh, and a hundred percent just dropped it. <laughs> like, I can't handle this. I'm out of this. Like I'm done. Like I can't unsubscribe, you know? Um, but it's a weird thing because we, we see, I say this all the time, but we see more than we should. Like we, we are, are fed so much more information than I think our brains are meant to handle, uh, from all over. I mean, the 24 hour news cycle, every, everywhere you look, uh, you're learning something else about something that happened, uh, you know, in North Carolina, like some, you know, how the news kind of had, um, like human interest stories and, and things to kind of liven up all the shootings that were happening and, and, cheer people up at the end but you're getting that from all sorts of places that have no immediate effect on on what's going on in your world like where you know you have your family and your neighborhood and i think that's kind of the way it was supposed to be somewhat where that's your focus but when you start bringing in all this outside noise it can mm -hmm. really turn things around in a weird way and and the way you respond to things and the way what actually works you up and and what makes you angry or happy changes and the amount of that changes um so you know it's a really weird time that we're in 100%. right yeah because it's uh, well i mean i i think it's it's it, it's sort of like a mathematical certainty at this point that that uh, outrage drives um engagement mm -hmm. as they say and engagement is the name of the game and outrage is the best way of getting there. So, you know, the, the incentives are, are clear. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Did you ever do, I'm sure you did, but you know, back before in the nineties, did you guys do with, with failure, like a, a lot of, um, 
places like on tours where you would go do those radio interviews where you had like so-and-so and the something and it was always like a they're trying to get you to they're trying to get you to either say things or or get you basically just going for ratings for the radio show uh did you guys ever have to go through press cycles like that with failure yeah you mean like morning radio shows yes with, with uh with yeah we did we did some of that and it's always it's always strange because you you know I, I grew up with some of those morning drive radio personalities and mm-hmm. in los angeles you you know your specific geographical location you know those personalities but then you know there's like there's there's a ver- version of that in every city no matter how big or small across the u.s and um it's always uh it's always in the morning mm-hmm. and it's it's it, they're they're always just way way too animated and alert and uh, uh and hyper for for the state that we were generally in in the morning mm-hmm. um so I don't remember a lot of that, but yeah, that was, that was the thing. Okay. Cause I feel like podcasting in general, it gave all of those people and the people that wanted to be those people a way to do that themselves and create their own version yeah. of that in but their basement. I, I mean, <laughs> having, yeah. Talking about all my reluctance to the podcast experience to be, to taking part in it, that, that doesn't take away how I, I think it's amazing that this, long form, uh, conversational, um, space exists is it, it's great. I mean, it, it's always like, um, you know, uh, Charlie Rose and, um, even though he's, he's been canceled, but mm-hmm. Charlie Rose and Dick Cavett and, uh, Tom Snyder, there were, there were all these shows where, um, you know, it really was kind of long ranging conversations, mm-hmm. um, with, with, uh, interest people and it, and it wasn't all cut up with commercial breaks in some cases and um the podcasts take that to the next level i mean there's there's lots of podcasts that are um really difficult a slog to get through mm-hmm. but um i think it's uh hopefully not this one right now with me rambling on but (laughs) but i think i just like i like that 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 space exists and i've heard some um incredible conversations you know even on something like twitter which is you know a a black hole for me and um i i need to just get off it and never go back but um i do find some threads that are just just incredible you know Mm-hmm. just with uh it could be about science or art or movies you know and it's just the the flow of the comments to the original poster it's just uh, i i love it so much i love that 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 free flow um back and forth of information with people who have sort of an obsession with the subject and mm-hmm. and also there's the dark side of that where you know, nobody can agree on anything and everyone's just attacking everybody. Um, but, uh, I'm not, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm ambivalent about, about what's out there now. The worst thing is just, 
you know, I feel like I'm kind of, you know, I tend towards the more negative view of uh, everything Mm -hmm. (laughs) and catastrophizing and everything. But I think for most of my life before social media became this thing, it was just sort of an intuition I had and I could blame it on my kind of misanthropic tendencies that, you know, I just had so little hope for people. Um, and, uh, and now with something like Twitter, you can just, you can just go on there and you can just see how absolutely awful and hopeless and doomed humans are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's just the way they interact. It's, and it's not, it's not exactly, um, it's not reality, but, um, I think it really does highlight sort of one of the the main dysfunction that that our species has mm-hmm. in in communicating and uh, and and lack of compassion and understanding that's a, an absolute great place to to find all of that on twitter twitter is something i don't understand like i rarely I post if like a new episode comes out, but I do not use Twitter other than that. And I, I didn't really understand the platform. I was more of like an Instagram person. I seem to be more aesthetically pleasing to me. Uh, but seeing the power that Twitter is, has gained uh, over the years also kind of scares me into getting into it and getting sucked into it. Uh, but hearing you talk about it and hearing you, you know, uh, why, you know, Twitter, you know, is, is attractive to you and also a kind of a black hole. Um, makes I mean, more it's, sense. it's, yeah, it's, it's seductive to something in me that, uh, I, I would rather, uh, ha- I would rather that thing in me had a smaller pull in general day to day. So it's, you know, I, I'm, tr- I'm trying to get away from it. And now that Elon's taken it over, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe that's just a good uh, bookmark. Yeah. Not yeah. that I have any, not that I particularly have anything about uh, against Elon Musk. Um, it's like another thing. Sometimes I'm, I'm just so uh, uh, like naive or, uneducated or it's just over my head like i don't maybe you can tell me but i'm not clear on why people are so terrified of elon musk taking it over i think it's more the the thing i gathered from it is that all the things I see posted are, you know, you could end homelessness and hunger for this much money, or you could spend this much money on something seemingly trivial. Uh, you know, I, I think, I guess people are maybe terrified that, you know, one person has control of something that they love so much or that they don't understand. Um, right. Or someone that's kind but there of, was, you know, on there's no sides. concern. Yeah, there was no concern um, about really how how uh, narrow the control was has always been on Twitter. Mm-hmm. It's just a few humans, you know, controlling the decisions and, and the algorithms. I mean, even if they're 
And I think they generally are on, on more on the side that I'm on and maybe the, the algorithms and, and the guidelines are, um, you know, promote ethical values that I, that I would stand behind, but still, um, you know, I don't, I don't know if there's, I don't think the world's going to fall apart if, um, if, you know, the ideal is to open free speech up a little more, Mm -hmm. you know, let's, let's see what happens, but, um, that doesn't seem like such a negative thing to me. And he's, he's a, he's a strange problematic guy in certain ways, but he's, he's also, you know, amazing, exceptional human in other ways. And, um, I don't know. I think it's, I'm, I'm curious to see what happens. I am as well. I am as well. I don't, I don't feel like, you know, it's the end of the world or all these people that were like, you know, all of a sudden became rats on a sinking ship as soon as he bought it and they mm-hmm. rather take their, you know, they're, they're ready to drown <laughs> in the water than, than stay on. Well, it's on something Twitter, that's but, um, interesting throughout time. Like you, I mean, the effect that, uh, there's there's a lot of things there there's a lot of things where it, just how easily things can be manipulated then people can you know um overreact lose control uh you I mean you get into a a mode of something and and you're used to something and you either see it possibly being taken away uh or you don't quite understand like back in in uh when what war of the worlds came out like there was people killing themselves thinking it was a real story on the radio like just how mm-hmm. how quickly people can be manipulated and and that was not the point of the of the story but that's what ended up happening um and that's you know it's terrifying to think about but also not super surprising because you see how easily things are are manipulated and changed and and you know the fact that there is an algorithm that can find what you like like the fact that even exists is crazy um you know and and the amount of control that these few people have over that and presenting you with what you want and, and how hard people had to work, you know, back in the day to, to gain uh, your information, to gain uh, your likes and dislikes, you know, like it wasn't just push a button, you know, like I can just push a button and this goes out to the world with this show, but they can also just like collect information, you know, like these, these uh, data centers and everything just collect clicks and everything and and it's just so simple simple and it's so it's so it's so simple but it's also so complex the the uh, profile they can build up of you Mm -hmm. and the triangulation they can do with all that data between you and people that um you live in the same house with and Mm -hmm. and people you know like the, the way amazon works people think that everyone's listening in on their phones and they don't understand how a conversation they just had about a product and pops up on you know and it's they're not being listened to it's it's actually more insidious than that Mm -hmm. because that's something you could you can easily be paranoid about and imagine but they're able to pinpoint all these things just through the algorithm of triangulating Mm -hmm. what you're interested in and what other people around you are interested in um yeah i mean it's not uh if you believe 
in the illusion of free will, it certainly um, <laughs> it certainly gets in the way of that. <laughs> Man, okay. You just said the illusion of free will. I don't remember uh, who I talked about this last with, but do you know Sam Harris? The the he has a podcast. He's like a um, um, he's a neuroscientist. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, pretty well. Okay. Have you listened to the, his episode on free will of his podcast where he basically. Uh, yeah, I've, he, I've listened to a number of podcasts uh, of on free will of his with guests that talked about free will. Okay. This one, he dives in by himself and it's him basically right. talking about how like the randomness of thought uh, blew my mind. I had to listen to it three times, I think, just to understand where he was coming from. And then it was terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, once you kind of lock into that, the deterministic, uh, sort of the determinism of physics and entropy, that once things were started in motion mm-hmm. at the Big Bang, um, then there's, you know, it's easy to construct this theory where free will is just an illusion um mm-hmm. but uh but that's okay because we can't what does it really matter we don't we can't get outside the illusion unless we think about it every day and meditate on it mm-hmm. and uh, become free of it but you know i don't most people wouldn't want to be free of it sure and it's uh, been our whole lives as long as we've known it like there's no it's been yeah. there since we were born since before we were born it's it's you could either think about yeah. it or not and as far as we're concerned you know free, free will what we call free will it quacks like a duck so mm-hmm. you know within our experience we might as well just go on yeah there's nothing believing else we have it. it you just go and get <laughs> pushed forward <laughs> uh, where, where did where did this uh you know you you, you spoke about uh you know always kind of looking at the negative side of things or the the um where did that come from has you always been that way or do you remember like, like a turning point <laughs> i've always been that way and uh i think um well for one thing i just find there's a well there's a great humor in for me Mm-hmm. There's like a giddiness in just how um, absurd and, uh, and and cruel and hopeless the human experience is. I mean, just the basic facts of it. You know, mm-hmm. like stra- stranger than than fiction. You couldn't come up with uh, s- sort of um, a more absurd scenario than than what every single one of us faces mm-hmm. um and uh yeah so i i i think i, I tend towards the uh the negative and the dark um because i because it's um it's a relief to indulge in it it's, it's a relief to find humor in it and uh that's not to say that i you know i'm I have admiration for for people who get their energy from um, positivity and of putting themselves into more into um, joy energy. 
I'm not, I'm not saying that I don't, I don't have that in spite of myself. I still slip into that. I mean, I have, you know, I, um, I have love in my life and I have children and, you know, there's all these amazing moments that are constantly happening where no, no matter how, uh, how hell bent you are on being miserable, <laughs> you'll still, uh, you'll still find yourself, uh, loving life. But, um, yeah, I just, uh, and it's something I, I battle. I, I, you know, because it's, it's also just one specific arbitrary way of seeing things. I, my, my logic for it is that I'm looking at some basic facts about existing and, uh, and they're, they're all, uh, you know, hopeless and, and, uh, ineluctable. There's no escape. And that, uh, you know, that's kind of like where all my, a lot of um my lyrics and and songwriting um comes right out of that mm -hmm. so uh it's yeah it's it, it's something i indulge in a lot but um but i also have aspirations to you know, get a little more positive and happy as time goes on what what happens with those aspirations to feel you know do you feel those those aspirations are forced to to want to uh, look at things more in the positive and happy realm like 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 almost like a um like setting a goal but but kind of forcing it or is it like a natural yin and yang to to how you're naturally feeling do you think yeah, I, I feel like there is some kind of balance where you can reach something like um, a, a deep, profound, sustainable joy. Mm -hmm. I have a I have a feeling about that, and I guess um, I would tie it more to sort of uh, Buddhism um, ideas in in a religion like Buddhism, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which really is just all about mind the mind and uh and uh learning how to not be swayed by what's going on in the mind mm -hmm. um but i uh yeah i think it's a really hard balance to i think it's hard to get there I, and and um i don't know i perceive a lot of people around me who a lot of people who seem very happy there's often something or talk about how happy they are. There's often something um, false about it. Mm -hmm. Like it just, it, it doesn't seem authentic and it doesn't seem sustainable. And it seems like something bad could happen in the near future and, and they would, and everything would fall apart. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, when I, when I think about, kind of uh, turning the lights up a little bit i'm looking for something more enduring and uh, i guess you know philosophical or spiritual but i'm that's not to say that i'm doing i'm not doing anything to get there i'm just 
thinking <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking about the possibility is there that sometime before I die, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll make an attempt. It's in, it's in there. I'm not doing it. Yeah. Before, but like, it's there. I'm, I'm no, I'm Cause I'm curious about things like meditation. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, and uh, mindfulness, I think this whole idea of of uh, kind of decoupling your awareness from uh, being um, blown around by the actual contents of your mind and and being able to um, just view them as you know, occurrences like wind blowing the trees or clouds in the sky, no matter how magnetizing or, or, or negative or, you know, what kind of spiral of thoughts it is, you know, if you can just view it as something that is uh, not, that's just passing by. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think there's a lot there and I, I like to, um, I love to run and and when i run something happens similar to that where where i go into a zone where i'm sort of impenetrable to to uh ne- the negativity the kind of things that will bring you down that's really interesting there there's a lot here that i want to talk about because i feel like in a way uh we're very similar on a few ways, but um, possibly with the running and, and maybe, I mean, those endorphins that are, that are, you know, flowing through you when you're exercising can, can always kind of give you not a false sense of, of uh, not even optimism, but just feeling better um, or feeling good. Um that can tie into that with, with running, but also it's, I think to, to run and I'm not a runner, my wife's a runner. Um, but it's like a, a form of meditation because you're doing like a continuous, you know, of course you're looking around you and making sure you don't, you know, run into trees and get hit by cars, but you're also, uh, in this repetitive motion and, and, uh, focused on one thing, uh, primarily it seems like so i could see that also kind of opening that window for bringing yourself into some form of enlightenment uh or like a like a yeah and transcendence. well and the, the other thing that's happening is you're you know spending 40 minutes or an hour um breathing deeply mm-hmm. because the the respiration is necessary for for the exercise and uh and i think breathing is a huge thing Mm-hmm. I feel like I, I I probably spend thirty percent of my waking life kind of forgetting to breathe. <laughs> yeah, I I hundred percent agree with that. <laughs> I it's 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 the most basic thing. I mean, your your brain does it automatically, so you don't die. So you don't. I mean, I don't think you're yeah necessarily just supposed a, yeah, to think not- about it as much, but. Yeah, that's not optimum. Just enough oxygen so you don't die and and lose consciousness. Yeah, I think I'm I'm there about thirty percent of the day. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh my God! I I what you were saying earlier about um you know 
positivity in people um that are like overly positive um being the the ones where something you know you know bad could happen you know things like that there's that whole saying with mental health where you know always kind of look after the ones that are the the happiest you know like that don't uh uh the ones that are always, you know, doing things for others and, and, and worried about others sometimes have the most in, incredible internal conflicts. And they're the ones that you end up seeing don't show up to work the next day. And what happened? Uh, they died. How? Uh, yeah. They killed themselves. You know, like it happens. I could, I have at least seven friends that I've known since high school that have, have committed suicide. And they were the happiest outgoing people, you know, always looking after other people and, and, you know, volunteering for things. And, but inside they had this thing going on that they never showed anybody. And it's just, it's not cliche, but like, it's almost every one of them had that in common. And it's, uh, so when you said that, I mean, it's, it's a hundred percent real thing, you know, it's weird for us to maybe question the, the, Mm -hmm. the positive mental attitude part but also uh i think it's just another plane of of uh consciousness where you're you're actively kind of reading a situation instead of just taking it at face value and that can be a blessing or, and a or curse. the yeah or the the en- the energy that you're generating to keep you in that happy state mm-hmm. um is actually just it's a denial of of what's underneath it. And so you're, you know, sooner or later, the hole's going to open up and, mm-hmm. and you'll fall through, which is why I just, I try to just be, um, you know, miserable and hopeless at least a little <laughs> bit all the time. I'm just spreading it out. So it's never going to, it's never a surprise to me. Just an undercurrent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, that's not even true. I've had, I've had plenty of times where I, I've been, you know, I've, I've been really happy, mm-hmm. like almost ma- manically happy for a period. And I, and I think like, oh, this is it. I finally, I got happy because maybe things are happening in my life or, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and when you feel that way, you always think like, th- this is it. I'm here. I'm happy now. Mm-hmm. This is how it's going to be, and, uh, and of course, that's not how it is. You know, it's always, it's always, uh, it's always cycles. And that's healthy. That's that's life. You know. Like yeah, the... you got to learn. Everybody, everybody is different, and you, mm-hmm. you have to come to terms with your own cycles, and you know, and and take take action if those cycles are really um healthy and self-destruct unhealthy or self-destructive but Mm -hmm. but uh even the most balanced you know together person still has to accept their their ups and downs absolutely that's the way you can find that balance is accepting both sides you know and and not even just both i mean there's multiple sides but the two main sides uh, it is definitely something that once you can embrace both and, and, and do that, I mean, that's going to put you miles ahead of, of most other people that are, are focusing on one or the other. I mean, everyone wants to improve in some way. Everyone 
has something that they want to fix uh, or or shove down. Um, it's just a such a, a strange thing. Are there are there things when you're in those moments of extreme jubilation or happiness uh, or positivity? Are there factors that kind of weave through all of those times that are consistent, like something that consistently is there that makes well, that? The the you mean the this this sort of dynamic of getting really happy about something and then crashing? Yeah, no, just just like when you're in the, <laughs> when you're in the up, when you're in the up, is there something that is when you think about those moments? Is there something that's always there at that time that's been consistent? You know, like you watch like a movie and they go back through it and you see the one person was standing there in all those like scenes and then everything makes sense. Are there, are there consistencies that tie those happy moments together? Uh, You know, there's always, you know, uh, a person or there's always a situation like where where there's tours or uh, uh, you know, record records coming out, uh, kids like is there I mean, yeah. are things that we need together yeah well i mean kids are great because ki- kids just provide like within one day mm-hmm. um you know seven drastic dichotomies between like the the most hopeless and angriest you've ever been and the most joy you've ever felt <laughs> you have like <laughs> a four-year-old you know it's you, you go back and forth through that and that's that's great because th- that's cycling quickly. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, I mean, for me, you know, music, I get really um, in the early stages of writing a song when I just know that it, I have something good and I can feel all the potential and I believe in it. Um, that that's always uh, a most manic high. And, and I have this like fanatic belief in the idea. And then of course, from there, it's just all downhill as you turn the, the idea or the rough demo into the real thing, mm-hmm. because it's just a battle to keep, to keep um, conjuring the spirit of all this potential through the whole process. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that, that's the first thing that comes to mind is that I'm, you know that that's that's sort of the the addiction, the addictive element in in making music for me is mm-hmm. that it, that it has there, there's that that built into the process where it's really exciting, and then um, and then you actually have to see see it to the finished state. Mm-hmm. which which can be which can be a battle to keep your keep your energy up and and stay inspired that makes and a not lot of feel sense. like you're losing losing something mm-hmm. losing some, the the dream of what the idea is you know i'm always and, and it can be and it's also such um and it can be such an abstract and hard to articulate thing mm-hmm uh, but it's it's really it's just kind of belief that you you just have a belief in this I, a few chords and this melody and a few lyrics and you're willing to spend all this time um, making it into something 
mm-hmm. that you think will be worthwhile. It's, it's kind of a crazy process. That's really interesting. Uh, almost like the, the spark is more inspiring uh, and, and what you're chasing versus the process of, of taking that piece of, you know, uh, just a metaphor, just a piece of clay and molding it into what, I mean, it could literally turn into anything, but when you get onto a, a path, the process of completing that, it starts to take away from that initial spark of this could literally be anything. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And I think that's, that's, but that's where uh, having great collaborators is so, um, it's so important. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, I've been so lucky to have, um, in both my bands, just, mm-hmm amazing people to collaborate with that really help with, with some of my dysfunctions and weaknesses there. They really um, pick up the slack there. Can you feel that at the same time when you're, when you're writing together or, or are you talking when you bring that spark of, of an idea I, and a demo to someone else? I mean, both. Okay. It, it can also happen when in the moment as, as both writing together, but, um, you know, Ken, Ken is so, um, he's such a workaholic and he's also, he's just really good at finishing things. You know, he, mm-hmm. he doesn't let something sit, um, which is some, something that I will do. I will let, if I have, you know, if I haven't found a change or another part, but I believe in an idea, like I'm, I kind of, protect it and let it sit because the right moment is somewhere in the future. But, um, mm-hmm. but I like, you know, Ken, Ken just wants to finish it and, and get it done. And that, that's great. Cause that forces me to, uh, to put away all, all the, you know, whatever grand ideas about waiting for the muse or, or waiting for the perfect part and you just hammer it out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it doesn't, feel as good as when it just kind of drops out of the sky. What's going on, guys? This is Dewey. I want to tell you about some new releases coming up from Equal Vision Records. As you guys know, Equal Vision Records is my family, and so are these bands. I really want you to check these out. We've got Hot Water Music with their 10th studio album, Vows, out May 10th. Featuring guest appearances by Dallas Green of City and Color, Thrice, The Interrupters, and Brendan and Daniel from Turnstile. See them on the 30th anniversary tour with Quicksand in the States in May and June and Europe in November. Hotwatermusic.com for more info. We also have Be Well with their new 7-inch, A Tap I Can't Turn Off, out now. First new music in two years from this band. This band is incredible, featuring members of Battery, Bane, Darkest Hour, and Fairweather. See them on tour with I Am The Avalanche in June. EqualVision.com for more info on that. And just your general information on EqualVision Records, you're always going to find something you like at EqualVision.com. Go there for vinyl and merch from all of your favorite bands. Check out Hot Water Music's new record and B-Well's new 7-inch now.
What's going on, guys? This is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I want to tell you about our newest sponsor, DistroKid. DistroKid distributes your music across all online platforms. They are an amazing company. I've enjoyed working with them the last few weeks, and they're going to be with us for a while, and I really, really appreciate that. I love working with great companies, and DistroKid is one of them. Uh, they have an awesome thing they're doing right now called Splits. Now, if you're working, as most people are, online, doing collaborations with people from all over the country, all over the world, as easy as that is with the internet, uh, you want to get those people paid when you put that music online. And splits can do that. You can add an unlimited amount of collaborators to any track. You can change the splits at any time. You can add or remove collaborators at any time. You can see previous splits. And all your collaborators are going to have to do is sign up for a DistroKid membership, a DistroKid account, so they can get paid. And as always, DistroKid never takes a cut. You and your collaborators get 100% of the earnings in total. A couple other awesome things that they do is they set up an official artist YouTube channel. Uh, you can use Spotify Canvas, synced lyrics, promo card to promote your release on social media, a mini video for your socials as well. There's just so many awesome things about using DistroKid. And like I said, I don't advertise things I don't use, haven't signed up for. I have signed up for this. It is a breeze, literally a breeze and you can get going right away. So definitely check out DistroKid, and I want to give you 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. That is distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for Peer Pleasure Podcast. Once again, that is 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP. Go check out DistroKid right now, distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for 30% off. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, this is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I wanted to tell you about Premium Pleasure, our premium subscription service that's available now. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. There's three tiers, tier one, tier two, and tier three. Tier one is $5 a month. It gets you the ad-free experience. Tier two gets you access to the Peer Pleasure Passcast. It gets you access to the videos of the interviews. It gets you merch discounts. Tier three is $20 a month. That gets you all of that. It gets you the Passcast, gets you the video footage, discounts on merchandise, and monthly Zoom calls well, with myself and other guests. We're going to have all kinds of stuff in there for you. There's all kinds of stuff in there for you now. There is, uh, I believe, 30 to 40 videos of these interviews. There is uh, multiple episodes of the Passcast. The Passcast is a podcast that I'd started separately that is me and another podcaster or me and a guest uh, discussing a deep dive into their favorite episode of Peer Pleasure. Um, so there's a bunch of those on there. So so-and-so and I would talk about the Chino Moreno episode. So-and-so and I would talk about uh, the Yvette Young episodes. And we would do a deep dive and tell where they came from, how we got the guest, stories of uh, that weren't discussed on the podcast or maybe weren't in there. Um, it's just another glimpse behind the curtain. 
So that's the big deal with this premium service is giving you a glimpse behind the curtain of how the podcast is made, gives you access to things I'm doing and things that we're doing with the show, um, gives you, you know, ad free stuff. It gives you just all kinds of, of things that we could throw in there to help make it a valuable part of your month. Cause I put everything out there on this show. I put everything I have into this show. Um, so being able to give you guys that little bit of extra is a big deal to me and having your support is a big deal to me because if we don't support our artists and creatives, we're not going to have any left. So I appreciate it. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. Go sign up today and get some of this premium pleasure. But, um, in the end, uh, you know, most of the time, I don't hear a difference in, in the, the, the quality or the depth of the song, whether it was one that uh, just kind of fell out of the sky or one that really had to be hammered into, into shape. Well, you have some of the, some of the greatest, some of the greatest output musically of anyone I've put on this show or had on this show. Uh, you know, the, the stuff you guys do is, is inspired so many people, especially in, uh, where I, I live in Portland, Oregon now grew up in Alaska and discovering failure when I moved down from Alaska, um, not beforehand seeing the, the amount of, uh, respect and, and admiration people have for what you do is, is staggering sometimes, especially in this area. There's a, a very large, uh, fan base in this area, uh, of friends of mine and stuff where, I mean, the influence and the, 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 the reach that you guys have had. And, and it's just incredible. Um, I'm not sure it's something you meditate on very often. Uh, maybe it is. Um, but what these, these sparks you're having, these creations, these, these collaborations, the, um, you know, the patience and the workaholicism is, is all coming together to make something that is really putting a lot of great things in the world. Um, you know, it's just so interesting to talk to you, um, and get your perspective on things because it's, it's always fascinating to kind of see where someone's coming from that is put out such an amazing output. And with Autolux being so different, than failure. That's what I love about your output as well is, is your different projects are so different from each other. Um, there's so many people that do multiple things and it's kind of one step removed. Um, but it, instead of a complete different direction. And I love that, um, about what you do and, and, um, you know, it's, it's just an incredible thing. And, and, uh, it's interesting to hear about how you come to get to those points where these things start and then where once you lose control of it, it's gone, it's out in the world where it ends up. It's kind of a fascinating thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel, I, I, I feel, uh, so lucky that, um, that I've been able to do this. Um, and, and that, you know, it's affected people the way it has because in the beginning with failure, really, really through the, all three records through fantastic planet, the, the first, first stage of failure, um, there was, there was no sense of a uh, fan base before we broke up. 
you know, there was no sense that anybody had discovered us. We knew that, you know, we had, we had some peers that, you know, like tool, we had some, some people who really liked what we were doing that, that we also respected and that meant something and, and there, and people in the industry. Um, and we absolutely believed in, in what we were doing, but, um, but then it all fell apart and it was really, um, uh, I guess redemptive to come back after all those years and, and play shows and, and see that, you know, that this wasn't a myth. There were actually people out there who, who had been living with our music for all that time mm -hmm. and, uh, were getting something out of it that, that, um, was, you know, profound in some way. When I, when I talk to some people, I, I really, um, I can feel how much the, the music and the songs have meant to them. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's hard. It's hard for me to even process how much that means to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, Do you struggle with, um, <clears throat> uh, I guess maybe adoration is the wrong word, but you struggle with, with, um, where people put you and failure, you know, on a pedestal like they do, like, do, do you, do you struggle with that? Um, like I know there's a lot of people that do and, you know, people that don't like compliments, people that don't like, uh, the attention, but do you struggle with that? Like where, where, uh, being in that position? Um, I, I don't really, I've spent so little time even thinking of that we or I am in that position that <laughs> it's, it's not even um, relevant. I mean, I know, I know that, uh, I know that people, I know our fans have set a pretty high bar. So yeah. um, whenever we're making a new record, I don't, I'm, I'm, that's one thing I'm thinking about, you know, mm -hmm. is that, is this, uh, I don't want to drop the ball for them. Mm -hmm. Um, or I mean for myself first, but, um, when I have questions about things, I, um, I don't know, I guess I've kind of de developed this filter, this, um, avatar failure fan in my mind that I can, I can just see, is this, does this make sense for where we would go or is this too far? Or is this, is this not where it, it, it's completely imaginary and, and artificial, but, but I have, I guess it's just, it's the embodied, it's personification of, of, um, just the sense I have of what failure is and what, what it can be, you know, and I, mm -hmm. since we reformed, um, we really tried to, um, sort of step into a new area. And I think with each record, we've, we've pushed a little further. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I, that pedestal, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not thinking of, of myself in terms of that ever. Sure. I mean, like when people, you know, you meet people in that realm where you, you know, you guys still have enough an an anonymity to be able to go, you know, here and there and do this. But, you know, there's times where, especially in the tour setting where everyone there is there because you're there, uh, to where, you know, if you met somebody, they already have that, uh, avatar, if you will, of what they think you are, right. Or who they think you are. Uh, they know you, but you don't know that, that kind of thing. I don't get, yeah. I just don't feel like I don't, get the sense that they're it's not like they're crazed fans when i talk to failure fans mm-hmm. um or autolux fans it's kind of the same thing i mean my my sense and and i enjoy this is that they're they just love the music mm-hmm. and and uh and, and i i love the music too you know i i created it so i understand where they're coming from mm-hmm. you know it's sort of like we both agree on this and uh um yeah i don't know if that makes sense but it does it ties i don't i don't yeah i'm not i'm not i don't it's not like the the fan and the and the rock star or celebrity or whatever that that kind of dynamic that's not that's never how it feels It, it feels like it's we're always just having conversations about the music they want to talk about the music and talk about the songs and uh um you know there are always real conversations about that mm-hmm. it's not like they're it, it's not like they're starstruck by me as a person mm-hmm. it seems like it all tie it's kind of interesting to it all ties back to what we were talking earlier about free will how essentially when you're writing music and making a record or or just making music in general, it's all randomized uh, ideas that are coming through. And then you can kind of take the snapshot or demos of those ideas and then actively in real time, organize them into something. And then those songs go out and, and randomly come into other people's lives which they become fans and and listeners of of the music, and it just all combines. It's just such a weird thing to think about on that level, that it's all just kind of. I mean, the the songs you're writing now could have come to you 20 years ago, but they didn't. They came to you now, and mm-hmm. it's just so well, weird. That, yeah, you they know? couldn't have come 20 years ago if there's no free will. You know. That's a good as, point. As as entropy, you know, pulls us towards the ultimate end of everything. Mm-hmm. Those songs could only happen when they did. There, there was no choice. But uh, yeah, you just blew um, my mind again. <laughs> God damn it! Greg. <laughs> this is the deepest conversation I, I've had in a month, and I, I am and I'm loving not even, this. I'm not even saying that I'm an anti free will. Um, <laughs> but that would be the view. Yeah. You know, it's, there's no way to, uh, it's trapped. You can't get out of it. Yeah. 
um, you can't have a choice. But um, yeah, I think that's, uh, it is, it's a way of communicating. I think for me, it's, I didn't realize it at first, but it really, when I'm writing, writing lyrics and, um, you know, thinking about the, the mood of the song and what the song is evoking, it's, it's, um, I'm communicating with myself because mm -hmm. I want to, I want to feel something as I'm hearing it, but it's also, it's a way of communicating with other people, which, uh, it's, it, it's sometimes not, it hasn't been my strongest point in life. Um, you know, I'm pretty introverted and shy and, uh, I think that, that it, it's really, it's meant a lot to me to be able to communicate in a strange way with strangers. Um, and, and what, what they're getting out of it is in a lot of cases along the lines of what I intended. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting thought because it's almost like there's this innate want to uh not not to belong but to to interact with other people but maybe as an introvert not to be able to have something to be not behind but to have something with you like music that that scratches that little itch of being able to speak to others through something less verbal less um you know like a more vibration well verbal is vibration but in a different way but still that mm -hmm. that 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 basic drive to communicate with others even though it's not the most comfortable thing music can can be that vessel versus walking up and talking to somebody but you could stand in front of them and emote uh your feelings through an instrument through your voice through through words not directly at them but but um to them as a group it's it's a really interesting thing to think about as a, and i'm not an introvert uh i kind of wish i was at times but uh that's from an extrovert's perspective that's what i would view that as is is, is having a having a way to still be a part of the, of the conversation, but, but doing it through something else that's, that's almost more intimate than just speaking to somebody, you know, in, yeah. in a way. And it's all the, it's all the, because I'm, I mean, my, my whole life, one thing that's a mystery to me is um, people. And it seems like to me, it seems like everybody is so at ease with small talk. Mm -hmm. Um and that's just something I don't, I just don't know how to do that. Um, and I, I wanted to do it when I, when I was younger, when I was a kid and I would watch these things, the people would say strangers meeting and they would just sort of fall into it and know how to talk. And, um, I don't know, there's, but there's so many other kinds of things to, say about the situation that we're all in 
being mm-hmm. alive for a few years here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what, you know, that's what songwriting is to me. I'm trying to, I'm trying to communicate some of these often, you know, a, un, uncomfortable and overwhelming um, we have epiphanies about the just the claustrophobic nature of of being alive, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's just it, it sounds so it all sounds so negative and depressive. Why would anybody want to listen to songs about that? But I mean, I think there's something there's something really uplifting if you express those darker things in a certain way, mm-hmm. you know, I think it can, it can be sad, but there, there's also, um, sort of a joy in celebrating the sadness. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's something that is, that is, uh, I've, I've looked at that for a long time that way is why do I enjoy you know, sad music, sad movies. Why do I, you know, what it's just embracing that. Uh, I, I think we feel maybe, maybe some of us feel indifference and sadness more than happiness in life. It just, if you were to break it down to a pie chart of when, what, when you're feeling happy, when you're feeling sad alone, I think the sadness would prevail, but also that there's also that, that, um, just kind of autopilot mode going through your day where you're not feeling up or down. You're just kind of indifferent. Um, you know, I think all that, that the, the sad, the sad also is what promotes the growth, right? Like the, like, you know, um, losing somebody coming to the realization that something is a certain way that maybe you didn't, that is kind of could be a bummer. These events, are where change happens and then you grow more so than when you're having the time of your life. You don't necessarily grow yeah. from that. I think that's why I think it's like the seed sprouting from that dirt. Uh, the, those moments do that. Like you has to, uh, you know, like fall, like it, spring doesn't happen unless you go through the shit of winter and, and, and fall. Like that's where growth comes from. And that's, I think where, the more uh, valuable connection comes with with the negative and sadness versus the happiness or the the quick reward at the end of growth. Yeah, I mean, I I I would I would love to write songs about joy and happiness and peace and hope. Um, <laughs> that's just never that's never where the inspiration comes from. Mm -hmm. It's always about, you know, it's always about strangeness and absurdity and melancholy and sadness and obsession. Um, And I don't know, maybe I'm trying to think, it it seems like, you know, there, there may be a few real super geniuses who have, uh, have done that. I mean, certainly just mood wise, someone like, um, you know, Bach or, uh, you know, Mozart, there's, there's absolute joy and happiness in a lot of that music. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, there's no lyrics in there, but, um, you know, and then I think, I don't know, I think Robert Smith, I think The Cure, he, he does some really interesting things in both directions. He has very dark, gothic, moody music. Um, but he also does this sort of like quirky, whimsical, celebratory thing that is so off kilter and manic that it's, it still has all the, the sadness in it, but it feels happy. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I, um, yeah, sometimes I want to, I, I want to, um, I feel like I've, I've been t- too narrow in, in my emotional subject matter, but that's just where, that's just where the inspiration is. And it's something, and that's, and that's real. That's who you are. I mean, it's, it's real. There's no, I mean, you can, you can push and pull at it, but I think. Yeah. It's... And a lot, and a lot of, and a lot of my, um, you know, sort of mentors and, and people, uh, other musicians and songwriters that I look up to and poets and, you know, it's just, all, it's all, it's all, it's all in that landscape mm-hmm. <laughs> of, of the weirder, darker, sadder side of life is where the interesting stuff happens. And I don't know what that, what the larger message is there, but, um, that's certainly the kind of stuff I, I like to listen to mm-hmm. as well as create. Well, living in, living in Los Angeles too, like I'm curious, how do you, how, if you do interact, how do you interact and intersect with comedy like uh, comedians? Um, do you know any that you're friends with that do, maybe you connect with because of that? They probably have the same thing that they're going through as well a lot of them with the negativity and the, the, the looking at things that way. And then comedy's kind of, Oh like yeah. Cause I think, well, yeah, I think the, the energy of all, I don't want to say all, but a lot of the best comedy mm-hmm. comes from just, you know, dark, aggressive feelings of frustration with how, fucked up and ridiculous everything is Mm -hmm. and that's (laughs) that's what (laughs) gives birth to probably all of the comedy that i love Mm -hmm. um i mean you know there's jerry seinfeld that that's an exception uh he has such a specific thing that he does that that maybe is not grounded in the more pathological stuff but um Mm -hmm. in general I think all the comedians that are worth talking about come from pretty fucked up place. Yeah. That's why I was asking because I, I'm, I'm curious how that interaction would be because you might find a uh, similar ground where their creation comes from to their need to, uh, you know, that's their communication and their process are processing the the negativity and the things that are scary and the things that are, you know. Yeah, but, and it's also like I and it, it it's not necessarily I don't know how great a time it is for comedy like this, but um, you know, the comedy that 
the comedians that um, it's it's a, it's an art. I mean, mm-hmm. they are creatively like plunging into taboos and going like deep into the taboo and finding some kind of absurd way of of uh, throwing it in everybody's face in a way that's it makes everybody laugh and feel good Mm -hmm. (laughs) which that that sounds pretty good to me it's incredible (laughs) it's incredible but music music uh it the 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 through line i think is i mean both and and maybe not entirely but like like comedy and music both give people an escape from the reality that a lot of the bands and comedians are singing and speaking about uh and turning it like you said it, the absurdity of it is helping other people escape for that hour and a half uh set or hour long special so like living and and so you're you're bonding through mutual pain and mutual uh experiences but at the same time the comedians feeling alive for a little while on stage getting laughs whereas those people are getting an escape before they get in their car and go back to their life that they're going to then see all these absurdities in in their face and the same with music where you can walk in that club and 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 watch you guys play for an hour and a half and be trans transcended somewhere else or trans transported to another place but it's all wound together with those those mutual emotions and feelings um, but in that moment, everyone's experiencing it on a different level. It's kind of kind of an interesting thought of, you know, uh, using the negative or the the sad parts to help people escape uh, in an, in through what through the output from that. It's just weird to me to think yeah, about it that. Yeah, I way. mean, and I and I think for the 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 creator, the artist themselves, mm-hmm. um, it's. To have the the thing that you do in your life, your craft it is um, the process of that is actually going into these uncomfortable areas mm-hmm. and finding some sort of catharsis or some way of expressing it where it's you know it's not down there um, doing all kinds of secret negative work undercover. Mm-hmm. you're you're bringing it out and um i don't know i think it's it's probably psychologically a really healthy thing to do mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know as long as you're doing as long as you don't have writer's block or which you know that's that's no fun but when you're when you're doing it for me it's it's so um self-sustaining when it's when it's working right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh and i and i feel lighter inside myself when i'm being productive now on that i i i really i it's something i wish a lot of people could more people could experience is being on that side of uh creation and and um experiencing like what you're talking about where you know of course not the writer's block but when it when things are working and you're in a creative space and a creative path 
I think there's a lot of people out there that don't get to experience that a lot, you know, um, and they kind of go through the mundane existence then feeling, feeling being on the end of that, that creative spirit. And of course, as parents, I mean, you're watching, uh, I have, I have three kids, like you're watching them learn all these things that we've already learned and we're trying to teach them things, but you're also watching that process of, of, uh, their reality creating right in front of them. You know, it's a super, uh, interesting thing to watch. I don't know if you do the same thing, but one thing I was curious about just from, from chatting with you is, is how you deal with as your, your, your child or your children are discovering, you know, cause as a child, if you're lucky, I mean, I guess if you're lucky to, to have a situation that's not awful to grow up in, uh, childhood can be pretty happy for the first little while, but then, you know, things start to creep in real life kind of stuff. Um, and as your children start to witness these things or they happen to the, you know, the first time someone says something negative to them at a park or a, like a, not a bully necessarily, but a kid just says, you know, you're fat or you're, you're ugly, you know, just being kids and you kind of watch them process that when they haven't experienced it before. I'm curious how your reaction is to that, where they're starting to open up and realize the things you already know. Uh, uh, yeah. What? Just the people I know good. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. See, exactly. Like, like you kind of under your breath, like, Oh, you're going to understand son. Okay. This there's a yeah. lot more of this. Do you, does it, I mean, I tend to want, I, I tend, I tend to try to frame it as, uh, you know, a more compassionate way that mm -hmm. it's, um, that that didn't you know that didn't make they they must have been having a hard time that they said that thing to you that hurt your feelings mm -hmm. because nobody really wants to hurt someone else's feelings so they must have been you know it's almost like having compassion for them mm -hmm. that they that they were acting that way um and then sometimes if you're if your child's not being so nice you can also talk about how they're having a hard time and how do you think that made another person feel and mm -hmm. i don't know that's how i i uh I kind of approach that stuff at the same time it's you know i just unavoidable that you know you're gonna do all the wrong stuff and yeah yeah <laughs> even <laughs> if you're if you're an awful neglectful abusive parent of course that's easy to see how that turns out mm -hmm. but also if you even in trying to do all the right stuff you end up scarring them in all these ways that you can't <laughs> <laughs> you can't anticipate so um so accurate you try so hard not to fuck them up and and project your bullshit to them but you do it every day yeah something happens oh my god Oh, that alone just makes me crack up laughing. Just thinking of all the, the t instances, even, you know, not today, but maybe yesterday, because I haven't been home yet. But uh, yeah, you just you all you want to do is to have them have a better existence. And, and but then you just end up projecting all that to them and they see it on your face. And, and uh, man, they're so perceptive and just magical, magical creatures. But uh dude it's it's uh it's a wild ride 
as you know it is it's it's totally it, it, it is wild it doesn't it doesn't disappoint yeah there's yeah. not a there's not there's not a lot of hype that, that that's not underestimated with having children mm-hmm. in all directions there is that overwhelming uh feeling though i've talked about before but like if I knew the overwhelming love, but also overwhelming fear of of almost like preemptive grief, almost of if something happened to one of them, uh, I, if I could feel that for like 10 seconds before I had kids, I might not have kids just because it's such an enormous yeah. weight. I think it's a, yeah. it, maybe it's an evolutionary thing why we don't feel that at all until we get to that point and it's yeah. too late. Yeah. And we're in, <laughs> I mean, we obviously we're in denial because it doesn't sound like a good idea. Let's, let's b- create something from scratch <laughs> on purpose yeah. that is going to, you know, live and suffer and die. Mm-hmm. Let's, that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> and the and, goal and is and that we respons- die first. <laughs> and <laughs> so and we we're don't. responsible. We're responsible for it. Yeah. Let's completely throw an absolute wrench in the works and, yeah, and well, see what happens. Obviously, once we got, you know, as as smart as as we are um, or as able to talk ourselves out of things as, as we are, um, evolution had to make sure there was some huge blind spots and, and denial worked in there or we just stop procreating. Yeah, the, it would just end. Or we'd stop. We'd stop reproducing. We wouldn't stop the act. Sure. Of course. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. That's the, yeah, the basic, the basic drive that, that forces everything around it. Um, man, I, dude, Greg, I, I love, I love these conversations like this because like I said, this is the deepest conversation I've had in probably a month. Uh, I work, uh, I'm no longer a, a musician touring. So I, I work, uh, construction, for my day job as a plumber. And, um, so my, my conversations are pretty surface level, uh, most of the time with who I'm dealing with. Um, and these situations and these conversations like this, I really, uh, I live for these and, and thrive from it. And, um, I really appreciate, uh, I appreciate you doing this and I appreciate the time, but I also appreciate the insight, um, and connecting, you know, uh, uh, cause that's, I mean, you and I didn't know each other before this either. So it's just, it's two strangers on a bus situation, yeah. right? Like, yeah. Um, no, it's, it, this was fun. Uh, if, yeah, if all conversations were like this, you know, I, I might talk to more people. Well, that's, this is where it starts. Man. <laughs> this is where it starts. You know, I, I, I would welcome you back anytime, uh, anytime to, to just whenever, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I really, these, these things aren't lost on me. Like I appreciate, uh, so much the connection and, and, uh, you know, uh, and, and especially, you know, after we first started talking, how, you know, you mentioned, uh, some trepidation about doing these kinds of things. I'm glad, um, we could make good on that and not make it a, uh, experience that, that, uh, would not be, um, savory. You know what I mean? Like I, 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 the last thing I want to do is waste someone's time. And, um, because that's yeah. all we have. Well, but this is, yeah, this was, but this was like truly free flowing and, uh, mm-hmm. and you weren't, you, you had no agenda. 
to talk about my um, career or the new record or um, mm -hmm. and so it basically did nothing for me professionally. <laughs> <laughs> you nailed it you nailed it no but i, I actually love that that that's, that was the best thing about it is that we were just you know we were just talking um yeah. i uh yeah I, I like your method well thank you i i and i and i love your music and i love uh i love your your uh just your whole demeanor i i like it's complete like like very opposite of me and i love that because it it, it doesn't force me. It pushes me into a different, uh, out of my comfort zone too. You know what I mean? I, I think we experience yeah. that together and I, I love that. Um, yeah, because that makes it the real deal. Yeah. But it was, it was great talking to you and, and, uh, I had a lot of fun. Awesome, man. That's the, all I can hope it was, for. It was, it was just a conversation. I like that. Yeah. I've, I've, I've been trying to uphold that for 281 episodes and it's still working some, some of the time. So I appreciate that, man. I really do. And thank you so much for the music. And, and I, I, anytime I get a chance to, to, to thank someone I've listened to for so long. Uh, yeah. I are you it. coming, are you coming to the failure show? I, I believe so. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Good. All right. Well, definitely say hi. Of course. Of course. Ben, if, yeah. Yeah, man. I, I, I look forward to it and, and, uh, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be in touch and, and, uh, yeah. And then hopefully if, if we can arrange something or we're all in the same place together, that'd be cool to get together in July too. So. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Say hello to Great Karina to, for I, me. I appreciate it. I will. I will. Good talking to you. All right. Talk to you soon, Greg. Thank you. Okay. Take Bye. care. Bye. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Greg Edwards from Failure. He is, also has another band called Autolux. Uh, he is uh, just a prolific dude. He's done so many things with so many people. And Failure, Failure's career has spanned so many years. Amazing albums. Wild Type Droid is the new record they have out. And uh, man, amazing, like all the rest. Um, I, I really got some good perspective from Greg just because he's so different than I am. You know, I love those situations when we get into those conversations where someone is so different, um, you know, personality wise, um, you know, uh, there's a lot of darkness in his view as well as mine. Um, but he embraces it, I think more than I do, which I really admire. Um, because like we said in the episode, like the, the, the darkness a lot of time, a lot of times has more substance than the upside. So, uh, finding solace in that, and finding peace in that is something I really, really uh, admire about Greg. And uh, yeah, you can tell by the end of the conversation, we warmed up and <laughs> we're having a blast. So uh, I appreciate him coming on. I'm so glad to finally get this done. And thank you to Monica for setting this up and setting this up like eight times. Uh, I really appreciate that. And uh, yeah, check out the new uh, Failure record, Wild Type Droid. It's incredible. If you don't know who Failure is for some reason, um, you know, Fantastic Planet. There's all sorts of uh, amazing output from that band. So check them out if you haven't already. Thank you for coming back week after week. I really appreciate each and every one of you. I love each and every one of you. And uh, like I say every week, do something nice for somebody. Do something without being asked. Just uh, be a good person. Be a good uh, contributing member of society. And making the right moves in your community will ripple effect throughout the world. Um, so... Like I said, if you guys want to get in touch with me, hit me up on the email, peerpleasurepod at gmail.com. Thank you guys so much for coming back week after week. 
The numbers just keep growing and I will keep doing this thing as long as I can. Uh, and as always, we'll see you on the radio. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.